And so he was like, how on earth does this school district score some of the top when our nation isn't scoring that high, but this school district is? And one of the things that he found that they had that a lot of other school districts didn't have at the time and still actually don't have is a zero hour, an opportunity for students to come in and be physically active and, you know, get that miracle grow going in their brain. And then they learn afterwards. You're listening to CWC Talks, a podcast from the University of Florida Counseling and Wellness Center. In each episode, we discuss mental health topics related to the experience of being a student and share the struggles and joys of taking care of your mental health while in college. Please note, CWC Talks is not a substitute for counseling and may be sensitive for people who have experienced trauma. All guests' views are their own and do not speak for the CWC, the University of Florida, or the mental health profession as a whole. This is Chelsea. And this is Olivia. And this is the CWC Talks podcast. Chelsea, what is your favorite form of exercise or physical movement? Well, I would definitely have to say that would be playing roller derby when it's not a pandemic. Right. (laughs) And just generally roller skating. um, That's been something that I've done that's been really just a fun, joyous way to move my body with other people. And I think that has also helps me reshape how I feel about my body and movement and exercise. And it's been motivating for me to um, kind of quote unquote work out (laughs) and get fit and strong for the purpose of being able to do that activity as opposed to the purpose of trying to lose weight or get in shape or things like that. So it's really helped me a lot with my relationship with exercise and movement. Um, What about you, Olivia? Well, I know we live in Florida, so I want to say hiking, even though there's Mm. not really a whole lot of opportunity for hiking, but uh, I guess it would, since we're in flat Florida, it would be more like, nature walks. Um, I really love exploring uh, nature and going down different little paths and just just being out in nature and with the greenery and if there's water nearby and animals and all of that stuff. Um, that's something that I really enjoy. And so sometimes, you know, if we're, um, if we're in another state, you know, we'll definitely take the opportunity and walk places and just kind of explore on our own two feet Um, because you just really get a different sense of the area and the environment, you know, when you're, when you're walking and you actually feel like you're a part of it. Yeah, for sure. I know I I get so excited when I go to a place where there's mountains (laughs) and things like that, where you can actually like, for real hike mm-hmm. but being out in nature is also such a good mental health boost and it's it's always makes me feel better too yeah do you have any favorite hiking trails or nature walking trails <laughs> around here oh I love um Coffrin Park Mm -hmm. Um, it's over off, it's close to Newberry road, um, kind of behind CYM coffee. 
Um, oh, I love that. I love that area. They, they have a great, um, just a neat little trail. And then it goes down to the Creek and I like actually walking into the Creek. I don't know if you're really supposed to do that, but that's what I do. Take off the <laughs> shoes and go walking in the Creek. And that's just a lot of fun. Cause it's really nice and cool water. And sometimes you can find, you know, different little fossils and stuff. So it's a neat little discovery place. Um, I also love Payne's Prairie too. There's so many different walking trails down Payne's Prairie. Um, and of course you get to see, um, some pretty amazing animals. One time we went and saw wild horses and they were just gorgeous. So nice. Mm -hmm. That's really awesome. Yeah. There is actually a lot of, um, places to go on walks, nature hikes, walks, um, and different trails around Gainesville, which is a really nice thing about this area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in today's episode, um, we talk with uh, Darcy and Leah from Rec Sports, and they talk to us a little bit about physical activity and the impact on mental health and just a lot of ways to kind of get started and different ways to kind of reframe how you might think about movement and physical activity. Okay, so hi, this is Chelsea, and I'm with Olivia today, and we're t- talking with um, Darcy Burday and Leah Shelley um, from Rec Sports, and um, they're going to talk to us a little bit about the impact and um, connection between physical activity and mental health. Um, so, Darcy and Leah, if you could just kind of introduce yourselves and talk to us a little bit about what brings you here today. Sure. Um, My name is Darcy Burday and the pronouns I use are she, her, hers. Um, And a little bit about myself. I have worked in collegiate recreation for over 15 years. Um, Some of my identities include mom, partner, um, and then student life professional. And what brought me here today is I'm extremely passionate about um, connecting individuals with physical activity, not only for their physiological health, but also for mental health and well-being. Um, movement highly impacts the brain, and that's what we'll talk about today. Yeah. My name is Leah Shelley. I'm the Associate Director for Fitness Programs at the Department of Recreational Sports. And what brings me here today is similar to Darcy. Uh, We do a lot in trying to connect students to um, the impacts of physical activity and how it can improve their overall well-being and as well as their academic performance. And so it's nice to get on a different platform and talk about it. It's great to have you both here. Thank you so much. Darcy, you kind of... um, alluded to this already, but can you talk a little bit more about the impacts of physical movement on mental health and the brain? Sure, absolutely. So one of my favorite pieces um, is a metaphor for physical activity and how it helps the brain. So at this point in time, we have a solid amount of neuroscience knowing that there are different ways in which we can help ourselves learn more information, um, learn more quickly, efficiently, recall information and retain information. And part of that is through physical activity. So the metaphor that I like to use, and this comes from the book Spark by Dr. John Rady, which was written in 2013. um, And he talks about physical activity as essentially miracle growth for the brain. 
Um, and one of my other favorite pieces with that is an example of a um, physical education teacher at one of the elementary schools that they did some of the research at. And the physical education teacher says, yeah, we're the ones that prepare the students for learning. Um, so that miracle grow and that preparation for learning happens um, because of how our neurotransmitters are impacted by physical activity. So when we move our bodies, it is actually helping prepare our brains to be able to take in more information at a later point in time. And so that's one thing that if there were, you know, if it were one piece of information that I would want students to take away from this podcast, it would be move and learn. That's very, that's a really succinct takeaway. I think um, that would be really helpful. I know a lot of times when we think about physical activity exercise, that's really focused on like getting fit or losing weight and things like that. And um, I, I think just growing up, I, I don't feel like I was very educated on like um, framing physical activity as a way to help my mind grow as well. Um, I get. I guess I wanted to just backtrack a little bit and ask you too. Like, how do how do you all define physical activity? So I define it as physical activity is any kind of movement, and exercise is more regarded around like the more intentional focus around movement um, for the impact of our skeletal muscles or for our cardiorespiratory system. And it's for the intents of getting more fit. So physical examples of physical or examples of exercise could be coming to a group fitness class or going for a run where examples of physical activity are choosing to walk to class instead of take the bus or playing a sport or going out to Lake Wahlberg and kayaking across the lake where in each of those examples of physical activity, it's more about there's a primary goal and being more physically fit isn't the primary goal. It's getting to class on time. It's winning the game. It's being appreciating being outside on the water in nature. And that's the primary goal. And then physical or the, the benefits of it, the physical and mental benefits of it are kind of the secondary outcome of it. So that's kind of how I um, differentiate between physical activity and exercise. That's a really great way to kind of reframe the thinking for somebody who might say something like, oh, I don't like to exercise because there's that, that weight associated with exercise, you know, of having to be fit, having to look a certain way, having to be fast or, you know, whatever the case might be, whatever those internal messages um, uh, they're receiving. Um, so I, I really like that idea of physical activity having a different goal in mind, a different primary goal. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people have this kind of negative connotation, like you were saying with exercise of it can be like punishment sometimes and a way to make yourself thinner, a way to make yourself take up less space. And it feels almost inherently like not fun or not pleasurable um, and kind of, you know, it's has this association with diet culture and, and all of that. So I think that reframe is a really helpful way to kind of empower yourself and feel a little bit more like a pleasurable association with physical activity. 
Yeah, we try and be very intentional with our language choice too, because oftentimes, you know, we'll say, okay, somebody is going to say, I'm going to go to the gym to work out. Well, that term workout might not be well received by other individuals or exercise. Um, so oftentimes we will talk about movements. We will talk about physical activity instead. Um, and then the other piece that really comes into play is enjoyment right? We are physical beings. There are needs that we have to move our bodies. Um, and one of the things that is key in helping us find ways to move our bodies that we can adhere to is a, the sense of enjoyment that can come with that. And it's also interesting to think about when did that switch? Because when we grew up, you know, as children, we weren't thinking about exercise. It was recess, you know, it was just, it was about physical activity. It was about playing with our friends. It was about um, enjoying what our bodies could do in that moment and doing it alongside the companionship of our peers. And then almost as we transition into adulthood, it kind of seems like we have to maybe be, perhaps it comes from being more intentional with our time of like, I'm, I wasn't able to have recess today. And so I have to be more intentional with it. And that's where that exercise component comes in. Um, and then all of the frameworks around what people's beliefs are around exercise and thoughts are about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We don't have that same time for play anymore as we get older, mm -hmm. kind of built into our days. And um, it is such a big part of being a kid that, you know, doesn't always transfer when you hit adolescence. Yeah, absolutely. I was reading something through the CDC and they have a program about um, getting everyone moving again, essentially. And they have a stat that one in five high school students uh, are reported as being physically active and one in five adults are also reported as being physically active. And so I think that's what's so great about being a college student is you kind of have this interim period where you're coming out of high school and you're not fully transitioned into like the hustle and bustle of um, so-called adult, adult life. And you have this interim period where you have the opportunity to make some of those changes and start to adopt some of those lifestyles that you want to carry forward with you when you do get that dream career job and you're out there and you have a family and you can start to now's the time to be able to start to incorporate some of those lifestyle changes that you want to see carried forward with you. And I think that's beautifully said, Leah. So one of Rexport's values is to enhance and to promote lifelong wellness through activity. So even when students are walking in the doors and maybe it's the first time that they have set foot into a facility um, that recreational sports has, or let's say they're just walking out of their living spaces and going to do just that, go for a walk. Um, you know, our role on campus is very much like how do we help create opportunities for individuals to be able to establish good um, health behaviors and physical activity of those courses, a huge part of that. Um, but, you know, when Leah references that time frame between high school and to um, adulthood, like it is a great opportunity um, for students to be able to start practicing different health behaviors and finding out activities that may be with them for their lifetime. Um, you know, oftentimes we have individuals coming from high school that have played sports, but then maybe sports isn't their thing, or maybe intramurals or club sports is their thing. Um, but, you know, really trying to experience 
um, different types of activity and also be thinking about, okay, what are my, you know, what are my long-term goals or what things can I imagine myself doing later on in life? Could you talk a little bit more about the different opportunities there are with rec sports? Ooh, okay. Yes, that could be a podcast in, in and of itself. <laughs> <laughs> so, Leah, you're going to have to like catch me on different pieces that I miss because I'm sure I'm not going to cover everything. Um, but yeah, there is a multitude of things. So, again, I would encourage people first and foremost to do some critical thinking about what do I enjoy doing as it relates to moving my body and then in what settings potentially as well, or with whom um, do I enjoy doing those things? So for example, some of the activities that um, rec sports has is Lake Wahlberg um, going outside, recreating there. Maybe it is paddling. Maybe it's playing sand volleyball. Maybe it's going for a hike. Um, maybe it's having some downtime because that's the type of um, recreation or um, rest that one needs. We also have the Center for Outdoor Recreation Education. So within our outdoor recreation umbrella, um, that fits alongside where individuals can rent equipment. Um, so one could rent a paddleboard to go paddle down the Rainbow River um, or, you know, rent a tent to be able to go camping on their own. Um, without having to purchase that type of equipment as well as trip programs that occur. Um, and so again, nice opportunity if you've never been on um, a trip or trying to figure out the local um, outdoor scene, uh, there's opportunity there. Um, on the sports program side, there's intramurals and club sports, and those look very different. Um, intramural would be play um, with a certain type of sport here at UF while clubs would have their own team their own practices and then oftentimes they will also travel to other schools to compete in tournaments so the great thing about that is for those who have maybe done a lot of athletics in high school there's an opportunity to keep them engaged in their sport and continue working with team environments as well um, next I would say that there is um, aquatics so folks like swimming and in Florida we definitely like our pools right um, mm -hmm. there are several pools. There are also learn to swim um, programs and lessons at those. Um, then within the facilities outside of some of the sport areas, we have um, spaces for what you might consider like gym type of exercises. So weight room, cardiovascular equipment, um, functional training equipment, and then there's programming with all of those. Uh, Leah referenced group fitness classes earlier. That's a great way that, you know, if, you, if a person is not sure or knows that they want to be exercising with others, as opposed to, I don't really feel like I want to go in the gym and do my own thing, or maybe I don't know what to do, you sign up and show up for a class. Um, and so there is, yeah, there's a plethora of opportunities there. All right, Leah, what did I miss? <laughs> I think you did a great job of summarizing all of our <laughs> services. I think overall, um, something that I think about in terms of students who are trying to start their journey towards living a more physically active lifestyle is that there's a stigma that comes with gyms that you already have to know what to do in order to step inside. And what I think is so great about rec sports is that no matter where a student is on the continuum, if they're, they've never been physically active a day in their life to they've been physically active every day of their life that they can remember, we have something for every student to meet them wherever they're at on that continuum. Um, one of the 
cool things that we have is the in motion center and with the in motion center it's a way to get students to start living in motion so we provide orientations to our facility because we do have a large facility and it can be hard to navigate sometimes, especially if it's your first time in the facility. Um, so we do orientations to our facility, we do orientations to our equipment, and we do also do orientations to our programs as well. And we have a lot of programs that, um, that start to get students involved with things, even if they feel like, oh, I don't know exactly that skill set. I don't know how to do it, like learning to sail. Well, we have a learning to sail program. You don't have to already know how to sail. Um, if you want to play soccer, but you don't know 10 other people to play soccer with, then we have a free agent program that can get you with a cohort of other students who really want to play, but they also don't know 10 other students who uh, want to play soccer with them. So we have something wherever that student is at to get them living in motion based on their own aspirations. You know, we're not asking students or we're not hopeful that students come in here and do something that they don't enjoy doing. We hope that they come in here and find something that they love doing and they continue to do it um, for the rest of their life. Yeah, it's amazing how many resources there are. And I know um, all of these resources when you graduate from college can be pretty expensive. So I think it's, it's a really awesome honor opportunity US students have. Um, and I can speak for my own experience going on some trip programs. When I was in college, that was like an amazing experience to go to and like be able to go camping and things like that for um, the first time. So it's, it's pretty cool, the stuff you all have. Yeah, and I think sometimes uh, students view rec sports as something that I do in my when I have extra time, which, you know, a lot of students are so involved, they don't feel like they have the extra time. And going back to that, um, that program that Darcy was mentioning in the beginning, it was out of a school in Naperville, Illinois. And it was actually one of the first programs where uh, Dr. John Rady, the author of Spark, uh, really got his some of his motivation to write the book Spark. And in it, he noticed that students at the Naperville School District were scoring, if they were their own country, they were scoring on this Tim's test, which predicts like their math and science scores. Um, they were scoring as their own country, the top in the world. And so he was like, how on earth does this school district score some of the top when our nation isn't scoring that high, but this school district is. And one of the things that he found that they had that a lot of other school districts didn't have at the time and still actually don't have is a zero hour, an opportunity for students to come in and be physically active and, you know, get that miracle grow going in their brain. And then they learn afterwards. And I think that's one of the things that Darcy and I are so passionate about is that rec sports doesn't need to just be something that you do in your leisurely activity. It can be that as well, but it's also so important to our academic success um, and our, our overall, overall well-being, of course, too. And so I think that's one of the biggest messages that we want students to know is that this is an essential part of your college experience. It's not just a plus one to the college experience. 
And we can even take some of that information and apply it locally too. So um, thanks to some of our colleagues here in student life and within recreational sports, we have research that shows that students who access the recreational sports facilities have a a statistically significant higher GPA um, than those who don't. So it's pretty cool. You know, we there's more we can seek out for that information, but um, you know, we have worked through that to kind of take a look and figure out how do we help start telling our story. So once again, I mean, it's a matter of, yeah, potentially helping individuals reframe and think, okay, physical activity is not just for my body, um, but is it also for um, my mental health and for how my performance in the classroom um, can, you know, be maximized or influenced by um, moving. And I've spoken to a lot of people who have said that physical activity is their therapy. That's their form of therapy. That's how they, they work out any stressors they have, how they work out. Maybe if they're angry with their partner or something like that, they'll go and, and just go for a run and they feel so much better, you know, for anxiety relief, they might do yoga, some kind of mindfulness um, associated with that. Could you tell us, talk to us a little bit more about, about that? Absolutely. Um, so physical activity or exercise is definitely, um, can be a very healthy coping mechanism. Um, you know, and once again, it comes back to potentially like what the individuals enjoy as well as the modality of exercise. Um, oftentimes duration will play into that as well. Um, so typically to kind of get a state change, one would need to be moving for a minimum of 10, typically closer to 20 minutes. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I think that a lot of our students, if we were to assess some of the rationale behind why some, um, consistent exercisers, um, that interact with rec sports would say that they, um, continue to move here and or just move period. Uh, it has to do with, okay, it helps me get through my day. It helps me deal that with the stress or blow off the steam, or I can better manage my anxiety um, when I am moving. Yeah, we know that that is a big key um, for individuals. And that's, you know, one of those behaviors that hopefully will continue throughout um, a person's lifetime. There is the extreme. So, you know, physical activity also involves rest and recovery. Um, and so I would plug resources like massage therapy, like the yoga classes, like some of the online meditation sessions that we offer as well, um, because there definitely is a balance um, of what that looks like. And, you know, that varies from person to person. But we do want to acknowledge fully that, um, you know, self-awareness and yes, uh, exercise can be a part of self-care, but so is recovery from exercise. Mm-hmm. And I think another caveat to that as well is just recognizing that um, although I think exercise can be a huge benefit if you are dealing with things like depression or anxiety, it doesn't always um, replace um, like mental health counseling. And sometimes you might need other kinds of support like that, like medication or or regularly talking to a counselor, um, but incorporating, and sometimes you're, you're just so depressed or anxious that it can be really hard to get started with that. Um, but I, I definitely hear that it can also be hugely beneficial to incorporate that physical activity in your life. 
Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you acknowledging that because most certainly, you know, exercise is not a cure-all. <laughs> Movement is important, um, but especially when, you know, somebody is dealing with um, any type of mental health disease that, you know, it needs to be looked at it from a holistic lens. And oftentimes exercise can be complementary. Um, but of course, when thinking about severity and depression of what's going on, or excuse me, severity and um, duration mm-hmm. of what might be going on, you know, if somebody has experienced some mild anxiety for a couple of days, maybe it's a good thing to check in with exercise and sleep and nutrition. Um, if that anxiety is moderate to more severe and it lasts longer than by all means, um, there are things that needs to be um, worked on beyond just physical activity. Are there any other, I guess, um, any particular barriers that you've seen for students that have maybe trouble just getting started with incorporating um, physical activity into their life that maybe we haven't addressed yet? I would say the, I would say the biggest thing that I see um, in terms of barriers is, is time allocation of, mm-hmm. of thinking that we don't have enough time to be physically active and kind of going back to what I was saying before is that like physical activity is what I do when I have extra time in my schedule, but my schedule is pretty packed right now. So I don't have time for that. And if I do have extra time, I should probably allocate it towards studying. Um, and so I think that is one of the biggest barriers, uh, but I also think the on the flip side of that, there are studies that would say that if you make time for it, there's probably, you know, the, the retention that happens, the focus that happens in the studying sessions following physical activity can be so much more productive that you might not actually have to find yourself spending so much time in the notes, in the books, trying to absorb that information because the absorption comes a little bit more naturally because you've already primed your brains for learning. So I think time allocation is one of the biggest barriers that somebody is going to face when they are trying to start their journey towards wellness. And I would add to that time allocation piece. It also doesn't have to be a long duration. So, um, you know, when thinking about, okay, well, if I need to be exercising and what, how, you know, how much time do I have to allocate for that? If I need to go to the gym and work out, but I'm going to need to shower and change and eat and, you know, whatever that may look like, you know what, it can be just that 15, 20 minute walk. It can be doing some exercises at your apartment or wherever you reside. Um, you know, so keeping that in mind, like definitely something is better than nothing. Um, and then the other piece, when we talk about barriers that I often think about is oftentimes it's the start that stops us. So just beginning with something, something small, um, can be one of the most challenging, um, things to overcome also for individuals who maybe are active, but not consistently active. Um, it's, you know, okay. I've exercised two times a week for the past three or four weeks. And then now I just had a week that's really off. Oh, guess what? I had another week that's off and I didn't do anything. Oh, well, I failed. No, you didn't. Life happened. Start again, you know, and if that means one day in the following week, so be it. Um, so I think, you know, there's definitely the, these perceptions out there that 
you know, and I would like air quote exercise has to mean very specific things. Mm-hmm. And the truth is we are all so very different individuals. We need to figure out what a good balance is for us as individuals. And we just need to figure out ways that we can move um, that are meaningful and not get too attached to specific outcomes um, or expectations within all of that. Mm-hmm. I like that you said I'm not getting too attached to specific outcomes because I think that is what so much of exercise culture is kind of focused on. But it's it's really important to enjoy the process and like have fun with it. Darcy, I like how how you addressed that it doesn't have to be this big, okay, I've got to go to this fitness class and it's going to take time for me to get there. And then I've got a shower and all of this stuff. I think we have like this preconceived idea of what it should look like when really, if, like you said, if we incorporate just little things like parking farthest away from the store that we want to go to so that we can get some extra steps in or taking the stairs to go to class you know, just little things like that, I think after a while will add up over time and will really help us. But I also, when you were talking about not, um, not meeting our own expectations, I think it's also important that we don't compare ourselves to other people. And I think especially, you know, with the college population, there's, of course, you know, imposter syndrome. And, you know, we're already comparing ourselves to others academically. Now, you know, there's also the um, plenty of opportunity for us to compare ourselves to other people and their fitness level and how they look and, and things like that. Yeah, I think that is definitely a big challenge, um, very much in the college environment as a whole, but I would say in kind of fitness. So, you know, some some of the barriers to working out at a campus gym um, is the sheer fact that, okay, you know, an individual might have some social physique anxiety there, right? Mm -hmm. So, we have resources for students to, Leah mentioned the In Motion Center, but to meet with another person to help guide them into spaces. So per- potentially those spaces become more comfortable um, and or just learning exercise if one is new but wants to learn how to lift weights. I mean, there's opportunities there. As well as when we talked about different resources, I think one of the most phenomenal resources Um, that we developed in the past few years is um, some of the fitness classes that we have on our YouTube channel. So there's over 286 classes that are accessible to anybody at any point in time, um, as long as they have access to the internet. So do a fitness class on your own in the privacy of your own home or grab a friend and say, hey, let's go do this online class. Um, And that also, we found out during the pandemic, served as a way to introduce folks who might not come to the rec sports facilities to some of the great services that we do offer. Um, So, yeah, you know, as individuals who work within collegiate recreation, we are aware of these things and we work hard to reduce the barriers to entry as much as possible. Um, And chances are, if there is a specific concern that an individual has, that they can reach out to us and we will help them navigate that. Um, you know, we want to make this a safe and welcoming environment for, you know, anybody who has access to be able to come in and use our facilities or programs. 
I love everything that you all have been talking about in regards to balance and starting somewhere and not getting hung up on outcomes and everything. And then I'm also hearing the person listening to this podcast who's saying, yeah, 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 but I need to know what is the minimum amount of physical activity for the maximum amount of benefits? <laughs> so I would be remiss to not try and answer that question. And in the book Spark, uh, Dr. Rady says 20 to 30 minutes of a rate that you could st- sustain for 60 minutes and you consider somewhat hard. So 20 to 30 minutes at a rate that you could sustain for 60 minutes and you consider somewhat hard is the ideal minimum amount of physical activity to acquire the maximum amount of benefits. Oh, and is that every day? That is six days a week. Good question. Six days a week. Okay. (laughs) That was going to be my question. Like, well played Leah, but I need to know how frequently do I need to do this? (laughs) Once a month. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, I really appreciate all of the different kind of tips and, you know, just perspective on different ways of looking at physical activity today. Um, You know, before we finish up this podcast is, I guess, is there anything else that you would like students to take away from um, this episode today? Uh, I'll go, I'll kind of do a little review of something that was already mentioned earlier, but it's that The services that are provided at Rec Sports, many of them are, most all of them actually, are already included in students' activity and service fees. So like the cost has already been paid. And so now it's just the the time that you would want to commit to it to take advantage of these services. Because I know somebody had mentioned earlier that it... um, it is, uh, it's a high cost to uh, go out to other gyms after college to maintain those monthly gym fees and then everything else on top of it that's added up after you get walked through the doors of the gym. Uh, so I would encourage students to take advantage of this time now. I've heard of so many seniors who say, I wish I would have learned about rec sports my freshman year. And so this is one of our steps in trying to help students learn about all the opportunities that they have at their fingertips if they want it. And I think I would want to leave listeners with one more resource. So you've heard us reference the book Spark and clearly like you can go and, you know, get that at one of the UF libraries. But if you want to just start sparking and putting that into action, on the Rec Sports website, which is recsports.ufl.edu, there's a virtual services tab. Hit that virtual services piece and then come a list of multiple things that one can do without stepping foot into one of um, the Rec Sports facilities, but there's Spark activities. And so what those are, 19 videos that staff members have recorded as basically a movement-oriented break. So it varies from yoga, to something that's going to maybe get somebody's blood pumping a little bit harder, um, some movement in place or in a small, small space. Um, And those activities are fantastic. So if you know you're going to be studying for a while and yet, okay, I know in the back of my head, it helps me learn when I move more. Here's a quick way to be like, all right, Siri, go ahead and set the timer for one hour 
And then after that hour, turn on one of those videos, move for a few minutes, and then maybe resume that studying again. Or ideally, maybe even more frequently would probably be um, better for the brain. So yeah, I think that would be my last plug is check out the Spark activities so you can see what we're talking about and give yourself some movement breaks and maximize your learning. Awesome. Yeah, I think those are really great tips. And I think really like easy little things that you can kind of incorporate into your day. Well, again, I, I appreciate you both for joining us today. Um, and, you know, all, all the little tidbits that you shared. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having okay. us. Okay. Bye, all. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find CWC Talks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever podcasts are found. Please leave us a rating and review us. Email us at cwc-talks at ufl.edu with your feedback and suggestions for future episodes. Show notes, resources, and more can be found at counseling.ufl.edu slash cwctalks.